Welcome to the Heart to Heart podcast with your host, Josh Campbell, a place where we strive to blend spirituality and psychology to be a practical mixture that hits the sweet spot of understanding, healing, and awakening. It will set you free from the past and your limiting beliefs you've been holding on to and introduce you to inward out solutions, explore energetics, dial in relationship dynamics, and your empathic power. It's conscious conversation to help you attract, keep, and seize the love and connection you've always dreamed of. Now, let's overcome the blues, open up onto booze, and give you the answers towards living a happy, healthy relationship life by leading with your heart. Wow feels brilliant to welcome in the new year with the podcast and getting behind the mic again. I love this position and I just want to say big thanks to anybody who has been so supportive of the early phase of the podcast and I just want to really welcome in 2022 for you in a really wholesome way. So you've probably heard, I know it's the 12th of January today as it stands, 10 days it will be my birthday on the 22nd of January, wink wink, angel numbers, wow it's a good one. But you've probably been hearing over social media from other people. So what what's the new you going to be like this year? Probably. Now, it's not that easy, is it? We, we expect that we can just clone ourselves and program ourselves with ideal code. And we're going to just improve just overnight and, and kind of ingrain some habits and, and, um, and kind of with a wave of a wand, we're just going to adopt a new version of ourselves. Now, if it was that easy, we'd all be new versions of ourselves, wouldn't we? We wouldn't all be in a kind of an us versus them mentality, still attached to unconscious behaviours, a divisive situation that we've been through over the past couple of years. The, the, The pain that we hold on to, we wouldn't be puking it on others. Now, that's why I want you, through this podcast, to explore this journey of inquisition. We're going to go within. We're going to go from the inside out to unravel patterns, get more comfortable with the unknown, the uncertainty. You are an artist of your life and artists tend to welcome in the unpredictable. They are those that have always been so judged because they're bringing in the intangible into the tangible. They are recreating new rules. Now this podcast is going to help you create new rules. It's going to help you channel the pain that you've gone through not to deteriorate you or make you attached to pain and that trauma that you once had and uh, and and use distractive or withdrawing behaviors we want to rewrite that pain into more alignment how do we learn from that past and i'm going to explore a couple of my stories to help you feel a little bit um, less alone in this Um, we're going to explore how we've created a fake mask where we've been wearing identities that are far from our truth why we've attached to some things and why we've detached from others. Now, we want to detach from identities, beliefs, people, things we've associated with meaning to attach to things that are far more in alignment. So we're doing all the work we can to kind of set the sails, as they always say, create a nice narrow linear periphery and say no to everything that just doesn't align with us. And this is why alignment is incredibly important. We want to then use visualization to guide us through this artistry of our life in in 2022 and I want you to really discover how you can become more wholesome to get yourself ready become a ready human being to call in that loving life partner now this preparation is always so important so that then you can show up in the playground of a relationship to apply yourself and of course not fall for anything that you're you're less worth of now as an empathic community as a very emotional 
types probably listening to this as I am an empath myself, it's quite easy to fall into the patterns of the world around us, the external world that we live in, the um, the anguish, the pain, the suffering that's currently happening. And we, we definitely take that on. We absorb it as our own. Now, we're going to help you detach from all of those those feelings, those emotions that aren't yours, and move on more freely, emotionally, and actually create space for for new. And this is how we create a new you. We're creating space. We're reducing clutter. We're doing kind of a spring clean of the, the early new year and figuring out where we can genuinely move forward. So in the five steps, we're going to inquire with ourselves. We're going to explore our shame wounds. We're then going to use attachment and detachment. That's the four, third and fourth steps. And then finally, we're going to use visualization to call in the new year. Does that sound really good? Well, let's, without further ado, rock and roll right into it. Now, number one, step one is inquisition. It's about exploring your story for more clarity, connecting the dots of the past. Sometimes we live with an unconscious story and it's really, really important to explore some trauma. And I've done this. I've done this actually in 2021 and it was bloody scary, man. I I went into the deep, dark depths of my betrayal where I was betrayed by, um, by male relationships and also romantic relationships now this cleared out the closet and the skeletons for me to actually create a container for jazz Um, and it's helped me actually not carry through that pain in in a way that's manifest in a negative masculinity where I've created guilty behaviors I've been ashamed of myself I've let my pride be hurt so much so that I take it all out on jazz or I or I become avoidant to intimacy or I um start to blame my external sources for everything that's going on internally. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story just to make you feel a little less alone. It begins in my teens. And now I use a bit of like inner teenage healing, like inner child healing. It kind of blends in into a whole spectrum. It doesn't matter when you experience trauma. It has just the same amount of potency. Now, I felt very betrayed at one point. I had emotional abandonment. I felt very ashamed of my mental health. Uh, And the reasons for all of this was that I went through um, panic attacks. I went uh, to a lad's holiday in Malia. um, And this was not just on one occasion. I did one, one story where I got knocked unconscious in a busy party strip. I remember just a flashback of my best friend being whacked to the face got knocked out from behind, woke up in A&E with what, where, why, why, why is this happening to me? I was so blurred to everything that had happened. But where this story really gets juicy is that I went to A&E, I was in hospital, and I was friends with these guys, 20 people strong. It was a big group, big crew. Um, it was very much kind of unconscious masculine, but I was in hospital. And friends that I basically attached to all my life, who I depended on, who I wished they were there and present um, to see me, validate me, uh, make me feel safe, seen. Um, They weren't there. I was there, locked up in a hospital bed for about five days, um, neighbouring some really traumatised individuals who had gone through um, bike accidents um, and and had really tough physical pain and we were just chatting luckily in in the hospital at the time but I felt so lonely I had no friends I had no tribe I then left the hospital luckily one friend came to pick me up in a car I remember it vividly and I felt so lost I was then bullied for me being 
suffering from concussion, not being totally aware of my surroundings. Um, and I was kind of the vulnerable one of the crew. I was the bottom of the power hierarchy. I was the one that was going to be um, picked on. And that's what happened. And don't get me wrong, this recurred again until this is funny. The universe keeps serving you up lessons until you've learned them. Now, this served up a second time where I, where I people please my way into accepting another invitation into another lad's holiday. And this one was just as traumatic. I remember taking laughing gas and my first day um, of going out onto the strip, we're all quite happy, we're all quite excited. I ran out onto the strip. Uh, I remember taking laughing gas upside down passing out um and and you know i'm pretty a bit of a weakling when it comes to sort of drugs sex drugs and rock and roll now again i was kind of like the circle circle peg in a square plug if that makes any sense as an analogy i just really didn't fit in um to a very unconscious and uh man up world now i didn't realize this my my world my identity just crashed down around me because going back to that experience they all abandoned me i remember having a panic attack my head felt like there was a drill going against it they were like josh not again and they all left i was then paranoid for the next five days i remember being on the phone to my dad saying dad there's something wrong with me what's wrong with my anxiety what's wrong with my brain i don't fit in um my dad then responded saying josh you're just more intelligent than the others you know you're just a bit more creative than the others there's nothing wrong with you now it's really difficult to um not diagnose yourself with indifference or alienate yourself with um, mental health issues when really the people around you that are just not supportive, they're alienating you, they're making you feel like there's something wrong. And some uh, Jim Carrey famously said, do not diagnose yourself with a mental illness if you're surrounded by assholes. Now, this is exactly what happened. So this is where my identity crashed down. But what's funnily, this 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 happened in my near, you know, 20s. And you've probably heard this story before if you've tuned into earlier episodes but it's a very pivotal moment in my life because what happened was I in my 22 range you know I've just graduated university I've just flown out to Bali I've now moved forward but not really assessed my pain my trauma I know it was a part of my purpose because I was trying to serve men with mental health and serve women empathically in, in my own way and it was a form of message it was a part of my identity I, I basically owned it like it was mine but I never really looked back at that situation that betrayal that feelings of emotional abandonment that shame for my mental health very seriously I just moved on and I distracted myself I created what I what you've probably heard of is the health hunk um, so that was my first step of kind of hiding behind a mask which was the health hunk this was a place to show up in a fitness realm show up showing off workouts being funny playing more of a comedic side of me it was part of me yes i definitely think it was a part of me and it definitely was a step to more alignment and this is why i say be patient with yourself in the process of alignment because sometimes we never just have it just figured out overnight it does take a nearing you get it's kind of like an edging approach to finding that sweet spot of I am in my flow. I am truly um, aligned to who I who I truly am. Now, I moved to Bali, and again, it later spun into narcissistic attachment, the toxic cycle, which you may have heard of in past podcasts, but I'll briefly explain it here, is where the empath attaches to a manipulator, a seducer, um, and for, for reasons um, that the manipulator wants... Um, 
wants to take advantage of you. And I was the empath taking that position. I was quite a, you know, agreeable, people-pleasing human being, but also emotionally had the emotional capacity to to serve, um, to to kind of be the partner in crime, the, the Robin to the Batman, as it were. And there was a couple of friendships that I went into, male friendships, again, the same pattern presented itself. I remember attaching to narcissists for senses of worth because I truly did have low self-worth in in a funny little way um i hadn't really been so aware of narcissistic patterning um until i learned about it later in life now this toxic cycle continued because i didn't have quality candidates to have friends around me i wasn't attached to peace and ease and calm for my central nervous system i was more about the expedience i was more about the um quick gratification i was more about the kind of the the persona the facade and manipulators and narcissists do this so so well no wonder i was drew to it like a carrot and a donkey so this is why we need to kind of align our values really early on um, and figure out are we truly wearing a mask or being being ourselves are we allowing ourselves to be seen without masks without shows without performances now i at that moment in time in like 21 22 um a few years ago in bali i was so unaware I let these people just just really take advantage of me and I, I kind of was sold the dream. I was sold the seductive um, character type of coquette is somebody who plays their way with words. Um, and I was always promised things that were never delivered. And this is exactly the same as my high school situation um, with my old friends. Um, I was kind of promised a, a dream and fell in love with a potential, um, fell in love with a comfort bubble that then just crashed down around me. And when I found out all the red flags um, that were only to be presented at rock bottoms and non-negotiable no's, when I felt like, oh my God, I, I got my peer, my, my, my family or trusted friends to have a look at the behaviors that were happening to me, that was then I only realized I was attached to someone who was really utilitarian and using of me. Now, this adversity did really prove me right. This, this is why we inquire with our story because we create more clarity. Like, where do we break the patterns? Like, what are we really stuck in at the moment? What are we attaching ourselves to unconsciously? Like a sucker, I still didn't learn my lesson. To be quite honest, I, I then fell for somebody in a romantic relationship who adopted the same traits. Um, somebody who was a model, um, who, who loved the, the face value um, of, of life, that wore a very um, seductive character for the, for the world. Um, and I fell for it. I thought, oh, wow, I, I'm going to fall for the validation, the numbers. She had a big following on Instagram. I thought, wow, this is like the dream. This is what I've always been chasing. But was it true? Now, only until I felt my central nervous system hit that like beeping red zone where, Josh, we are so drained. We are so unfulfilled. Our needs aren't being met. You are being extremely passive to what's going on internally. You are trying to find something in the external world to escape within. You are using the brittle form of associating meaning to external matter um, in other human beings and achievements, that you are very vulnerable at the moment and, and vulnerable in a, in, a, in, a, in a more bad way context, that I'm more vulnerable to be preyed upon and taken advantage of. And that's what happened. It took a real big, deep, dark heartbreak, um, a couple of friendships to, friendships to go wrong, until I really learned my lesson. It was only until I started to set myself more boundaries, stand in more self-love, become very clear 
in the four steps of change when you observe the pattern, you reflect upon it, you tr use transmutation, which is about integrating your new new learning. How do you show up in a practical sense and not just journaling or concepts? It's all about how you genuinely, um, be, you know, question who you are becoming. What am I really? And I had to journal upon that a couple of times. And then that's when the fourth step comes around when you step into a new version of yourself, ev evolution. Now, that's scary because it's a it's just like an artist of our life. We're, we're in an unknown space of a new sense of self. And this is hard to stay, stay uphold. We, it's a whole new level of deservingness. Now, this all just comes with affirmation. This comes with evidence, collecting evidence as you go um, and realizing you are deserving of these, this birthright of safety, um, um, all the riches and materially if, if you're after it um, and the most fulfilling, secure relationships for your heart, for your central nervous system. This is exactly what that universal piece of technology of your body is helping you find. It is wired to help you feel good. Now we're also attached to um, quick gratification. Um, what, what do they call it? They, it's a very good word. It's sensation chasing is the word. We're, we're attached to thrills. Our gut is kind of our second mind. And even in our on our supermarket shelves with so, so much convenience, we're able to eat things that have high sugars um, that are not wholesome, that have lots of additives um, added into them for, for shelf life value and preservatives. And, and all of this is kind of dictating our gut bacteria and our gut bacteria is, is loving quick gratification, like high sugars, um, fast foods. We, we, if we program our gut, it will dictate our mind. Now, this is where also my journey through health helped create more clarity. So if you clean up your diet, exercise, really treat yourself through mind and body practices, you can also create more clarity from the inside out. Now, it was only until I listened to my central nervous system that could teach me right from wrong. And it's why you need to dive into your painful stories. Where were those Phoenix stories? Where were those places where you came out of the ashes and old you died and a new you kind of were, was reborn? Go back to those stories. What were the themes in them? What made you stand in a new version of yourself? What made you create more clarity? Now, rewrite a story of that past. Create more evidence of yourself that you can evolve. Create more evidence of yourself for how far you've bloody come. And this is how we can stand in a whole new energetic space for 2022. If we really look at our pain as our passion. Um, and just like that, I was kind of sick of all that narcissistic abuse. I was sick of being betrayed. I was sick of having people that were just transactional. I was sick of wearing masks and, and you know, feeling, uh, you know, this emotional roller coaster of thrill and then dives in energy and then clinging to thrills and then dives in energy when I really just wanted a linear feeling of peace ease and it's why we have a really bad association to relationships that feel boring on quote-unquote marks boring may actually be beautiful for your central nervous system because ease peace and calm is where our ultimate place needs to be in long-term relationships we need to seek long-term satisfaction and this is what I was training um now this is why we go back into our stories we need to go back into our stories to see two themes were we attaching to thrills? Were we sensation chasing? Was this truly us? 
Then figure out where things in your past story, what created more peace and security for you. These are going to be two themes or two columns you create in the first step. Like inquire into your trauma stories, your stories that really had emotional engagement within, what really defined you as a person today. And you need to question yourself as to what brings you peace and what brings you turbulence likely turbulence or butterflies in the stomach or an activated sweaty palm nervous system, then that's probably not a good thing. Think about what really brings you balance and brings you peace. Listen to that central nervous system. Inquire on your stories because they create clarity. And this is why we we align the stars in this way um, to move forward. Sometimes our pain can then create shame, though it's not as easy, it's not as easily said than done. Pain can live in a place where we we it's too painful to actually look in the eyes and really see where the sources are coming from. And it's why as a, a inner child healing is so potent, because we usually bank away unconsciously very painful patterns of um, friendships, relationships with mum and dad, um, traumatic incidences when we were a young child, because as an adult, we just really don't understand it. We we. We are too scared for what's to come up. We really realize, oh gosh, we're going to have to let go of the life we know now. We're going to have to have a real conversation with our pride to think where where are we having lots of coping techniques um, and where are we cutting ourselves short from healing because healing takes a lot of courage and sometimes this distractive mechanism that we use with layers and, and um, unconscious behaviors we don't want to let them go because we we're both ashamed of ourselves um for for not healing so sooner uh, sooner rather than later and and we, we we start to shame ourselves for becoming more of what we're not now this is why in step two we have to explore the shame wounds so where are you wearing guilty masks? Where are you? Guilty behavior only shows up as a response to hiding shame. What have you disowned within yourself? Now, just like the shadow, it's what collects as things we've disowned. It's the dark side of ourselves. The things that is why, why perfectionism exists. It's why um, the archetypes of devil and angel exist. We like to align to the angel in our lives. And it's just like uh, Jungian psychology where it's um, uh, we, we wear a persona to hide the shadow lurking underneath. Uh, our ego, which is what we need to build as a really healthy identity, is going to be the, um, the, um, the, jock on horse, the jockey on horseback between the two. And it's why we need to kind of disintegrate our persona and in- integrate more of our shadow because we're going to feel more wholesome. We're going to feel like we're not hiding and we're going to feel like we genuinely can own ourselves unconditionally. Now, this is where I ask, where are you in, in your life posturing, editing and filtering yourself? We see it far too much on social media. I, I seen a, a little, a funny little thing the other day where um, a friend of mine, a friend of a friend, is selling weight loss tablets, weight loss pills to lose fat, uh, fat quickly. Um, it's a great example, actually. Um, it's a form of attacking insecurities of women um, and eating disorders and making you feel insecure for your weight. And what's funny is the person pushing that product is using filters and I'm not stupid because I, I I know Photoshop and I know, I know my way around the editing software so I know the game and what I've seen is like a, a pushing of the curtain like the, the line of the curtains behind the woman is 
bendy, like a wavy, wiggly line. And then her waist is like itty-bitty tiny, like almost like an hourglass physique. Yet she's the one peddling the products. Yet she's the one so out of integrity to wear a mask, editing herself, posturing as this expert in the field, posturing as somebody who wants the best for you, when in reality it's just complete capitalistic monetary gain. And it's why we are embedded in this culture of social media about likes, views, who's famous, who's got a certain title, who's um, a Forbes 30 under 30, who's a millionaire under the age of 20. You know, it's, it gets a bit sick. It's like, we shame ourselves because we feel like we're not married by the age of 20. You know, we, we, we feel like, oh, we're, we're behind in life. And I've had so many question polls come through on my Instagram of, I feel behind in life, Josh. I have not met my soulmate. And I've said, well, this is exactly why this podcast is going to be for you. Now, have a look at where you may be wearing masks to protect the shame. Where are you disowning parts of yourself? Where are you playing a little bit smaller to protect yourself? Um, and I'm just going to, again, show, share you an analogy because I can only really share what I've lived through to, to be as in, in integrity as possible, is that I've, I've suffered with perfectionism all my life, even today, even to this day behind the microphone. I've sometimes stopped, started this podcast. I'm like, oh God, I've lost my breath. Um, I didn't come across as, as much as I'd like it to. You know, I, I need to deliver value. And it's always the, the number one reason is we fear judgment. We fear judgment. We, we, we would be, we'd be kidding ourselves to feel like it's just, I always say to Jazz, I was like, Jazz, like, why do I care so much? He says, um, I, I always say it's my reasoning. It's like, I just want it to be good. She's like, well, why? Why do you want it to be good, Josh? And the reason is, it's not just for myself, is it? It's self-preservation technique. It's to be accepted. It's to be accepted into a tribe. It's to feel valuable to others. Um, and, and that in itself is a form of filtering myself. I am kind of scared, in a sense, of being seen fully and unconditionally as myself. I've gotten better with it um, as the years have gone by. And I've honestly... Um, posted without without overthinking myself i've honestly shared thoughts and feelings and very taboo much taboos and got very vulnerable over a microphone and never really once had an, a vulnerability hangover which makes you feel really good but uh, it i've always tried to be an overachiever a perfectionist um and was that really serving me now it created lots of indecision it created lots of anxiety snowballing and I wonder where that ever came from. Now, we can easily identify that the guilty behavior was perfectionism. But what was the root? Now, the root is shame. Was I ashamed of my standard? Was I ashamed of myself? Was I valuable enough to my father, my brother, my friends, my mum? Was I worthy enough of love? And now this is where... The, the perfectionism played its part. Education is also a huge factor for my perfectionism. We are guided by a curriculum. We are guided by um, very strict measures um, and very, in quote unquote marks, competitive students. And we need to be in the top percentage quartile to feel um, feel secure. I also listened to a, pod, uh, a friend's podcast who is an entrepreneur and they were talking about hundreds of millions like it was pennies. And they were talking about how 
we should be comfortable with a couple of million in the bank because that will allow us to live our lives financially free. And why do people, why is it that people are motivated by tens and hundreds of millions? Where is that coming from? Is that validation, ego, identity? Because in reality, to even have a couple of million in your bank, you are in the top 0.1% of the population. Now, to me, to be in that 0.1% is perfection. It requires a certain standard that I need to uphold. It's expectation put upon myself to be in that top percentile. Now, this is what happens in education. We perfect ourselves. We feel like we're not good enough by our peers. Um, and sometimes we compare ourselves to those that are posturing, editing, and filtering themselves. People who are hiding, people who are not showing their true selves, yet we still compare them ourselves to that bakery that somebody's basically hiding behind. It also lived in my my father and my mum. Luckily, my mum was like, do your best. And my mum, my dad also do your best. But he, he was also giving me sometimes comments of, um, Josh, why are you taking so long to make a decision? Um, decide. You know, I was that kid um, at probably about 12 years old that couldn't decide. You know, when a car is coming down a country road as a family, we were walking down the, the country road, a car's uh, head on towards us. And I was that kid. My family is you know, jotted to the left or right without thinking twice. I'm that kid in the middle of the road about to be squashed, going tiptoeing right to left, like just not deciding on left or right. And I remember it vividly. I was like that. I was that kid. I was that kid who couldn't choose the side of the road. And my dad and I would be shamed for not making a decision. He'd always say, Josh, just make a decision. Don't kill yourself. Um, and that's kind of the same mentality. It's like, don't kill yourself over a decision. I mean, it's a nice analogy, but it was, again, shaming my perfectionism. And then I only became more of a perfectionist. I kind of owned the perfectionism as more of my shadow. I thought um, bad of it. I associated my perfectionism with... Um, with negativity, when in reality, that was just a symptom showing me, Josh, where is the root? Like, where are you not able to be seen as just being you? What have you created anxiety around? Um, and there it is. We just need to explore our shame wounds, really dive deep and where they came, like where were they born and where do they show up? And more often than not, it comes from a deep place, a deep past, our inner child experiences, um, more often than not. Now, I'm not discarding anything in your teens because as I've described of my traumatic experiences too, they were probably the most pivotal in my life. Um, but don't get me wrong, we do, our core primary need is love to be seen and feel validated, feel accepted, feel safe, feel um, secure. We're human beings that need to belong. We're social creatures that always bounce off one another. And if we're not having a good mirror or a nice um, bouncer offer, <laughs> then... <laughs> we're, we're going to just self-deprecate. And I was a big self-deprecator. Um, and another story of that is when I punched the floor, when I missed the shot at football and broke my finger. Again, self-deprecation, perfectionism showing up very commonly. And I think it's a very common one, especially amongst listeners. So no, you're not alone. And a client of mine actually felt like she needed to build a YouTube audience to feel seen and validated, to build a legacy, to feel like she was... Um, valuable to be seen in a um in a very posturing sense of way she felt like she needed the numbers and she needed the fame to gain everything she once was missing as a child now as adults who are listening to this podcast 
what's what's great about this process is you can reparent yourself you can be the parent that you may have once missed you can affirm yourself for every behavior you make you can be kind to yourself you can just integrate more self-compassion and start to really fall into a pattern of integrity now i want you to explore your shame wounds well first step i want you to inquire into your stories for more clarity i want you to connect those dots step two which we've just spoken about is exploring your shame wounds because shame wounds as you've just heard can create a big gaping void where we need to fake a human being or create a persona as Jungian psychology would say to show up in a world to hide the shadow within to hide those those feelings uh, those parts of us we've disowned that darkness that those um those um those devil on our shoulders those instincts if we don't allow those instincts to kind of come to the surface they're just going to grow into huge deep groaning monsters that will just blow up in someone's face with a um an outrage um and um or, or they'll eat us alive that kind of polarity will become really strong will become more of a perfectionist to hide the bigger monster um and it just creates a big stretched gap between your persona and your shadow we want to bring that gap smaller um and start to integrate ourselves as wholesome you can be a bad guy every now and again you can be a b- bad girl you can um show up in a world which isn't perfect you are not perfect you know even if you're you can be a bit hypersensitive sometimes and you can be a bit unkind sometimes you can be a bit grumpy and moody and that's okay but if we start to reject that we will start to on the opposite side of the the scale the antonyms the um the polarity of moodiness cattiness hypersensitivity is kind of people pleasing perfectionism it's it's all of these things isn't it and this is where the masks come in they are um masks that aren't we shouldn't attach to be as uh, good things now when you explore and go deeper into recognizing where those stories are coming from we can then go into step three when to use attachment and detachment so step three we're going to go through some detachment okay letting go of what's not serving us um anymore so leave it in 2021 is the famous uh saying isn't it um So detachment is not easy. And we're going to use this in a kind of a romantic form in romantic relationships. When you've just gone through a breakup, many people, your friends and and society and Love Island and all this and that, like it's such a transactional space, will say, move on from your ex as quickly as possible. You've heard the popular, don't worry about him, move on. There's plenty more fish in the sea, haven't you? And now that sucks. It's a emotional pile of attachment and there's which is left without closure and answers. And we're left with a very hurt pride and a very hurt ego. Um, And especially it hurts even more when our life starts to become lifeless. Everything becomes meaningless. That cup of coffee that you used to enjoy in the morning becomes bitter. That kind of the music you used to love listening to becomes dull. You know, all of these things that you once enjoyed with that partner is now mean meaningless and dull and this is a form that we were so obsessed with our partner so obsessed with attaching meaning labels outcomes with this person potential um uh, adopted beliefs to fit in with the relationship dynamic we we really created an identity within the relationship so when the relationship has ended we are lost we are completely without self we are 
completely without an identity because identity, a healthy ego, is absolutely necess- necessary to live a good life because we don't really know, we don't have clarity, we don't have alignment, we're, we are lost. And so you have potentially been so obsessed with a human being that you go then into depression. Um, and this is when, you know, we've lost the colour in life. When we've left, we're like, oh my God, we're in grieving and we just don't know, we're, we're so, so sad. And that's okay. But we kind of need to detach from the human being we charge with so much association and move on. And moving on isn't easy. It's not an overnight facade. It's not, it just doesn't work that way. It's um, even those that are good relationships, just as much as the toxic relationships, can be bruises. They can leave you with scars and wounds far deeper than a heal it tomorrow scratch on the arm. Now, this is why we have to draw attention to the processing of how you felt. Otherwise, it will be left in your subconscious mind, which dictates a lot of how we make decisions and behave and, and what we believe we're worth. And that's extremely dangerous. So just like doctors who have gone through tens of years of education to get the DR dot mark before their name. I've seen a funny TikTok the other day, and I'm not using TikTok to edutain you, but there was a, th- a funny skit of, of a woman calling doctors by their first name when they had a patient coming up. And you should see the f- look on all their faces. They looked disgusted. They looked so, <laughs> so hurt. And this is, again, this is the fragile mask of masculinity as one, because they were all male doctors, actually. And the, the very fragile identity we can create, as soon as that identity that we've worked for we've have we've associated with lots of emotion we've associated with lots of um um time spent energy it's going to create very much a sunk cost fallacy we've invested so much into it we're attached to it our pride and ego is in it we want it to go right and so when a doctor gets called his first name he's like oh my god i went through all these studies to now be called this and be put on your wavelength now this is where humility needs to be exercised by these these types but Logical brains that usually tend to um, associate themselves in the doctorate world are um, are very hurt, and it was quite funny to see that. But it's just like ourselves; uh, we we get very hurt through heartbreak. We've associated a partner like the doctor label before our name. We need to come to our peers and family and need to explain ourselves um, for where we went wrong. We need to show off and again posture edit and filter ourselves to a world to feel accepted for a breakup happening those that have gone through divorces even bent the knee and become fiancés um those breakups are even more hard and difficult because there's a label attached there's a mr and mrs there's a how could i be so foolish question that we ask ourselves for a commitment in the first place and it's why there's so much fear on commitment because we're fear it going wrong now this is where we need to have exercise as much self-trust as possible to leap forward um, and move through this um, emotional journey so when we desire something we become obsessed we believe it's something we deserve it's why we get incredibly attached to it we sometimes because we're, we feel wrong and our ego is so hurt, we internalize it. We have potentialized the future with the person, but feel so wrong and ashamed that we internalize it, just like we spoke about. It then becomes an attack of your pride when everything goes wrong. That desire didn't come into fruition or reality, and you take all the self-blame. You blame yourself. It goes into a big rut and a, a hula hoop um, 
which happens in grief. We we have a sh- we have shame, we have guilt, we have um, sadness. Um, but what we need to do is come into a place of an acceptance, um, and this is how we do it. We we repeat to ourselves just like Shakespeare: "Nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so." Everything in life is neutral. Think of like the desk in front of you. Think of the book in front of you. Think of that dog you're, you're walking, not dog actually, that's a rubbish um, excuse, uh, example. But if, if you've got a, you know, something in front of you, only until you've attached meaning to it, emotion to it, that it becomes, um, um, becomes painful when it's gone. So everything is neutral. Now, I don't want you to just kill off your emotions and that's not easy as an empath. That's why you're so beautiful and why you feel so deep. But I want you to to just move on for yourself like a meditative technique is start to integrate meaning into things that you once couldn't do in the relationship, like the hobbies, the past things you loved, um, people you weren't able to see within the relationship, um, that sort of independence, that free expression. Do more of that, because what will happen is you're going to start to extract meaning from that human being which you've had a huge sunk cost fallacy within and start to embed it into new places in your life this is where detachment becomes attachment and we're going to get onto this in a little bit um, a little bit later but for now we just want to understand that life around us is neutral we've only been really hurt um, and, and detachment is hard letting go is hard because we've made it such a part of our identity Now, this is where we need to really understand that emotional removal just doesn't happen overnight. And we have to come to peace with that. We're human and we take time. We go through unpredictable waves. But we need to come into a place of surrender and come into acceptance with it. I can't emphasize this enough. Things we cannot no longer tolerate, we need to detach from. And coming into acceptance is extremely important because the more we get caught up, and try to remove those negative emotions, the more, the larger the pile of emotional residue we're left with. So instead of expecting yourself to bounce back quickly, expect yourself to reflect, learn, and process pain in my five steps um, and my five R's to heartbreak recovery. This is how we help you detach from anything you're, you're currently holding from 2021. First of all, we want to recognize, so bring awareness to your triggers as your teachers. Examine what you feel and where it came from before you diagnose yourself as broken. So really look at your central nervous system, as I explained. Figure out what in your world right now is teaching you another lesson. Is it creating more feelings of peace, ease, calm, um, which we need to build that relationship with. We need to really use that sacred wisdom within in um, in our bodies. Or is it that butterflies feeling? Is it that thrill? Is it that kind of unease, that fight or flight mode? Then realize your central nervous system is a brilliant way to recognize um, how you're showing up in the new year and and how you're replaying things that were painful and things you should have learned from. Um, And again, don't shoot yourself into, into learning from it quickly. It takes sometimes time. Now, it's just a reminder, a lesson. It's just then up to you to inquire and take action. This is where the next steps follow. So number two, step two is reassure. So gently affirm yourself that you once thrived without them, once thrived with without um, the thing you've attached to, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a hobby, whether it's achievement, an achievement that went wrong, whether it's an injury you had in sporting and you can never achieve the, the medals you ever wanted, something along those lines. And gently affirm that you life was okay before them. 
This is affirmation. Validate your needs. Create inner trust and safety. We need to realize that actually you, you, were, you were doing just fine before they ever came into your life. Number three, redirect. In love, we associate people with meaning so much so that we get so detached from our own life. And now is the time to do everything you couldn't while you were in the rela- relationship, just as I say. Create a new sense of mean- meaning, a new sense of self. And it will help you take your obsession away from that one micro, minute thing you attach meaning with. It will spread it out. We're not going to be get so obsessed with the external world, but we're going to kind of bring that power within. We're not going to sort of outsource our power. We're going to bring it back to ourselves. Number four is reinforce. Now look for expanding evidence um, internally, signs you're improving mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and keep repeating this self-love. Saving yourself is your number one priority so you can serve and not save or be saved by others. So do your best to show up for yourself and reinforce and continue this cycle um, that we'll go through with detachment. Then finally, with detachment, you want to step five, revive. And what you'll see is a funny pattern around um, evolution is usually the final step, just like reviving is. It's kind of integrating your reality, processing all you've learned and show up in your love life with more boundaries, self-love and conscious behavior. What was meant for you will never pass you by. And this is why um, this will help you affirm that detaching from something is not you losing at life. It never is. You, you, it could be painful, but I can guarantee you you're creating space for new and, and better. Um, so now now's time to stand in that new worth. And it's why I say attachment isn't all that bad. You'll see with other relationship coaches that attachment is a terrible thing. Um, it can create activated attachment styles and, and XYZ. But let me tell you, it isn't so bad because it shows you care. Um, it shows you're an emotional being. And it's a when it's an aligned, aligned attachment, we are caring about all the right things. We're not spreading ourselves too thin. And we're going to create so much meaning and purpose in fulfilling um, our promises. We're actually going to stand up for ourselves. We're going to um, um, feel emotional about things because emotions are brilliant, um, but not spent on the wrong um, the wrong things um, that, that drain you, make you posture, edit, and filter yourself. Now, we want to just have that conversation with um, with ourselves every time we feel like we're coming um, into attachment with something or someone. Ask yourself the question: Are you devolving or growing? Now, the only way you can see this is if your outcomes or the potentials you've attached to are actually aligned with you in the first place. Is this true to you? Um, And secondly, is the person bringing out the best in you? Now, I think with the Michelangelo effect, this is what is called behavioral confirmation. In this school of thought, your partner is helping you carve yourself into your best self. He is encouraging, or she is encouraging, good behaviors that are really good for you. They're actually bringing out the best in you. This is called the Michelangelo effect, hence the uh, the, the Greek god statue. Um, and this is why we want to attach to the truth, our values, our authentic mission, our authentic code, our 
do the inner child healing and get really clear on what we're passionate about. That can be done in um, one-to-one coaching. So I'm actually calling in one more woman who wants to heal from heartbreak and calling a conscious man. Um, And that stuff you can do in a far deeper level. Now, people who treat you in this way, it isn't bad to attach to your higher self, your angel on the shoulder. It isn't bad to do that. And it's actually a good thing to attach to people who genuinely want the best for you because we need to feel belonging. We need to feel safe. And relationally, this is extremely important. So see someone who genuinely wants you to um, evolve, grow with you, um, see potential for the future, while also just not creating too much of a thrill, um, not being too submissive to you, um, and being neglectful of you. Um, So this is where the second school falls into. If you're devolving, this is likely happening. This is what we call the Pygmalion effect. This is a manipulative effect in which your partner wants you to be a, a version of you that helps or appeases him. So this can actually mold you and make you delirious about your sense of self for him to feel secure, for him to get what he wants transactionally. Lots of logical, sociopathic kind of types will make you um, into somebody um, that that makes them progress, but not you. And likely, you're probably going to be drained, you're going to be filtering, editing, and posturing once more. Now, that's the effect, that's the fancy psychological term to it. But you should never feel like you should fit your partner's ideal. This is why you need to get super clear on what you you need, who you truly desire to become in an empowered place. What does it feel like? What does it look like? Get really clear. It's basic questions. Get really meditative and mindful with this practice because it will make you your current life or this new year show up to you in the tangible form um, and make you realize, am I becoming less of who I want to become or more of it? Now, a practical tactic to use what we've just described as visualization, which is the step five, is to clear away the imposter, make reality of our higher self, as it were, you know, um, really cool in um, the energy, the energetic space, sit in with it, make it feel as tangible as you possibly can with your imagination. They call it deep imagining um, in the spiritual realm, but we can definitely do this. So, There's a a practical way to do this with what I call morning pages. Um, And it's a brilliant tool where you journal before your ego awakens within the first five or 10 minutes of getting up. You're going to say what you didn't like, what you do like, what you want more of, and what you want less of. That will be all about the previous day or what you're currently living at the moment. Like what do you like, what do you don't like, what you want more of, what you want less of. This will, before your ego awakes um, and starts to doubt yourself and starts to self-deprecate or try and chime in with its own um, malevolence, we want to just come from our true place where um, we're coming in with our kind of higher self. It's kind of that really innocent side of us that will write on the journal and realize if life is out of alignment. Are we really doing things that we like? Are we being a prisoner to our life? Have we really stood in our needs? Have we allow people to walk all over us? Are our boundaries too weak? Have we been conscious of our time and energy? 
these sort of pages will help you navigate to um, remove things that are stressing you out um, and create things that create more satisfaction. And now we are guided as human beings by anxiety and pain. Those two emotions help us avoid um, negative experiences in the future um, and things that just aren't in alignment with us. And then help us align to satisfaction and faith. Now those pages will help you in a very simple way to do so and visualize that future. So now's the time to step into faith and self-trust because it is a very unknown world that you will call in the love of your life. You will create the life you love living. And that's what you need to continually affirm. So you need to be on the pursuit of new evidence to train your intuition and central nervous system to do the work for you. This is how we, when we evolve, we have to create as much um, affirmation that we're doing an okay job as we are. By just existing, that is purposeful enough. By just being, by just being safe to be seen as us, that is certainly enough to be worthy and deserving of everything we so desire in 2022. Now, that is the five steps. I want to quickly wrap up for you. So we want to, first of all, go into a deep kind of practice of journaling. I do it with my own clients, but inquire within, explore your story for clarity, connect the dots. Where has your pain created passion? Now align to the lessons that you've learned and the rebirthing of yourself, your evil evolve self and start to kind of like, just like Super Saiyan cartoons, it's kind of like you're leveling up. It's like the up leveling. Realize what the patterns were when you up leveled and where currently in your life you may be suffering pain and may be stuck in a, a rut, maybe stuck in an, an emotional test. Where in your past year has the universe given you so many lessons that you haven't learned yet? Where are those patterns? Usually we need to break a pattern. So patterns only um, are defined by patterns because they continually show up. It's linear. We can kind of group it in a big group. Um, and we need to realize like where are the patterns in our lives showing up? That's step one. Inquire and see where the patterns we can break. Number two is explore your shame wounds. Now, where are we posturing, editing and filtering ourselves? Where are we creating a persona to hide what we're ashamed of? So shadow work does this for you. I can do this in coaching. It's more of a uh, coaching tool, really. Um, but again, it's about how you can integrate your experience, get clear on where you were hiding parts of yourself just to fit in and feel accepted and how you can actually just create more certainty and security for yourself to be seen. Um, and try and just be aware of, of where your symptoms of guilty behavior are showing up. Awareness is the first step. If you need a bit, bit more work on that, I do shadow work with clients. And again, that's where one-to-one -one coaching can help you. Third of all is when to use attachment and detachment, when to let go and when to attach. This is what all about calibrating. This will make decisions easier for you. Sometimes Indecision is a symptom of us feeling a little bit out of alignment. First of all, it's better not to jump the gun at a nice new shiny object or a new opportunity that just feels a bit out of alignment. Um, and sometimes we just need to decline it to then welcome in new space for um, something new. Sometimes it's, you know, um, sometimes we can lay ourselves down a path too soon, too early, down a path of lies. Um, so we need to align ourselves to the truth. And the only way we can do that is create space for better. Detach and then only, you can attach only when you realize you're in a space of evolving, when you've come to step four, evolving, you can then attach to those higher versions of yourself and move forward. 
And then finally, we need to visualize because the unknown is difficult to imagine. Um, there's so uh, the humans are very complex. Life is very complex. So as best as you can, use your imagination as your greatest ally to create an energetic space for new in 2022. So I really hope you've enjoyed listening to this. I want you to, if, if you want to call in 2022 with a whole new integration, feeling more of who you are, um, to reduce your shame, um, re- reduce your guilty behavior, then all you need to do is DM me on Instagram at josh.campbellaligned. If you DM me one of the just aligned um, in, in one text form, I will send you my shadow work journal. Now, this is completely free. This is a PDF you can work for in your own time, but this will help you call in the new year by bringing to the surface that darkness, integrating that darkness, starting to own it, starting to feel less fearful of it and make it tangible through a very cool journaling um, exercise, which I I do for myself. And it's really, really effective and also with clients. So I I actually want to love you and leave you on that note. I hope this has really helped you. We did go off on a bit of a snaky trail here, but I hope whatever you've got out of this podcast has really helped you. I want to reiterate one more time. So we want to number one, inquire, explore your story for clarity. Number two, explore your shame wounds. Number three, detach. Number four, attach. Number five, visualize. I want to finally thank you for tuning in with your precious time. And from my heart to yours, seek expansion because you deserve it. Much love and happy new year.